You're listening to Commute, the podcast. Congratulations, you'll be smarter when you get there. What up? Welcome into Commute, the podcast. I'm Dave. And I'm Jay. And we are about to take you on a deep dive on three topics that we find interesting, and we're betting that you might just find them interesting, too. We can promise you this. You'll be smarter when you get there. On this edition of Commute, the restaurant Cracker Barrel has always been known for made-from-scratch biscuits and that little table peg game. But it's quickly becoming known for something else, internet controversy. You never know when it's coming back, but when it does, you'll know all about it. So why does McDonald's only let us have the McRib sandwich sometimes? Why not all the time? And what's even in it? For our entire lives, we've all heard the same thing. Wait 30 to 60 minutes after eating before you swim. So, is it true? All of that on this edition of Commute. Let's get Jay, last week we talked about breakfast food, and you educated all of us on the mind manipulation behind us uh, basically immediately fixating on bacon and eggs as the staple breakfast food options when we think about breakfast. So, my friend, what is your dream breakfast? Like, it could just be some breakfast items, like individual things. You really don't care where they come from. It's just you know what you want. Or maybe you have a breakfast chain that you prefer. Like, what, what is, if you could choose, what's breakfast looking like for you? I'm a big fan of Bob Evans. You know, you just roll in there. Okay. You get the Bobby's. farmer's choice. You know, you just, uh-huh. uh, it's simple. You know what you're going to get. Plus, they have that little bar at the front that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, I've never seen anyone like sit a, there. It's just purely aesthetic. I feel like that's, the, if, like, if you sit there, you're the guy that always sits there. <laughs> oh, yeah, Tim's here. He's here to read his paper. <laughs> yeah, you get mad if somebody's in your stool. But, Jay, for many folks, the answer to where the perfect breakfast can be found is a little place called Cracker Barrel. Ranked as one of the top 10 most popular breakfast restaurants in America by restaurantbusinessonline.com, the leading authority in breakfast food chain restaurant rankings, Cracker Barrel is home to a menu that offers entrees that feel like your granny is in the kitchen cooking them, the infuriating little peg game that comes on each table, which I'm sure that you're excellent at since, Jay, you excel at all useless things. Well, I'll uh, take that backhanded compliment because, yes, I am excellent at it. As I I thought. Uh, A country store that features eclectic items ranging from the live, laugh, love hoodies and T-shirts to a candy sucker the size of your head. But, Jay, it's also become home to something else, an amazing amount of Internet controversy. The first instance of Cracker Barrel coming into the internet's nasty grip, well, at least the first time that I was aware of it, happened back in 2017. And if I'm not wrong, I think you were actually the person who told me about this, Jay. Yeah, I noticed the storm a-brewing on the Facebook uh, comments and uh, quickly sent it your way. So yes, as you know all too well, Jay, in 2017, a man named Brad... Brad, Brad, Brad Reed asked one very simple question of Cracker Barrel in a very public way. Jay, Brad commented on a Facebook post on the corporate Cracker Barrel account and asked Cracker Barrel why his wife, Nanette, had been fired from her Indiana-based Cracker Barrel job after years of faithful service. 
Cracker Barrel never responded, at least not publicly, but the internet sure did. For months, I mean, still even occasionally today, so years later, Cracker Barrel's social media was flooded with memes and questions from internet trolls demanding justice for Brad's wife. Now, keep in mind, no one really knew anything about Brad or his wife, aside from Brad giving his side of the story on Facebook. But soon, the situation was trending on every social media platform, and the hashtag Justice for Brad's Wife was born. Jay, while the posts ranged from just plain mean to really, really funny, Justice for Brad's Wife spread like wildfire. A petition was even launched on Change.org, ending with nearly 30,000 signatures before it was eventually closed. Here's the description from that petition appeal. Okay, you ready for this? This is what was written on the official petition. Brad was a kind and simple man, the petition alleges, Jay. His wife, a loyal Cracker Barrel employee of 11 years. On a day that should have been full of cake and laughter, there was sorrow. It was Brad's birthday. Well, actually, it was the day before his mom's 82nd birthday. But anyway. And his wife, Nanette, was unfairly, unjustly terminated from her employment. 11 years, Cracker Barrel. 11 hard years. It is for this reason we demand answers. Cracker Barrel owes this much to this kind man and his loving wife. Just tell me where to sign. (laughs) (laughs) Jay, after this, the digital vandalism started. Fake reviews trashing Cracker Barrel for firing Brad's wife. Wikipedia edits that allege that Brad's wife was the greatest server in history and people had proof. Eventually, Jay, Brad himself got overwhelmed with the attention and implored the internet army of trolls to back off and leave Cracker Barrel and his family alone, not realizing the power of the monster that he had accidentally created. And Jay, while justice for Brad's wife has now faded a bit, today, as in right this minute, Cracker Barrel is back in the eye of the internet storm. It started innocently enough. A simple social media post back on August the 1st, 2022, from the Cracker Barrel corporate page announced that the breakfast chain would now be offering vegan sausage. That's it. Not that the menu was changing. Not that anything would go away. That vegan sausage would now be an option. Well, it didn't take long for things to spiral out of control. You just lost your entire customer base. One person commented on the post. (laughs) You used to serve real American meat. I won't be back, said another. Jay, as of this recording, that single post has over 21,000 comments. A mixture of outrage, Brad's wife-style jokes, actually even some Brad's wife jokes mixed in there, (laughs) and vegetarians actually thanking Cracker Barrel for the considerate menu edition. And while the Brad's wife saga, someone losing their job aside, was never really much more than an out-of-control joke, on the surface, this one feels just a little different. Has Cracker Barrel actually made a mistake? Did they fail to read the room and have really lost their customer base? Well, in her opinion piece in the Washington Post, author Megan McArdle says, nah, not even close. This, she says, is an example of how social media makes us lose all sense of proportion. Before social media, people just got cranky about change in person. 
maybe your grandpa didn't want to pay for air at the gas station and let you and sometimes maybe the gas station know. Now, my grandpa, your grandpa, and all of the grandpas down the street can complain together about the air on an internet post. McArdle says when we think about how to think about things like this, we should apply what she calls the Texas high school stadium rule to the situation. In the state of Texas, she writes, there are 83 high school football stadiums that hold more than 10,000 people. And since 10,000 people is pretty sizable for an internet mob, whenever I'm tempted to extrapolate from their behavior to the rest of the country, I ask myself this, would I care if we were talking about the crowd in one of those stadiums? This is a useful corrective for people who are being brigaded by Twitter trolls. Would you still be worried if a crowd of folks in a town you'll never visit was booing your name? So Jay, whether it's Brad's wife or vegan meat, Cracker Barrel has shown itself resilient, ignoring the haters and serving up the old-timers' breakfast as often as you want to order it. But I ask this, can we just maybe leave them alone for a minute? I mean, maybe even a decade. Can we leave them alone for a decade? I think Cracker Barrel has suffered enough. If you go to their Facebook page and you look at any of their posts and you start looking through the comments, sometimes, it's rare nowadays, but you can still find Brad's wife comments. And it's like you're unearthing a diamond. Like when you find it, it's like, because it's been so long that there's some people out there who are still committed to the bit. You know what's really funny is before all of this happened, and you did tell me about the Brad's wife thing back when it started. There will be times, like it happened over Thanksgiving this year, that I, I just randomly thought, you know, I wonder if people are still making Brad's wife jokes at Cracker Barrel. And so I'd go read a Cracker Barrel post, and it would have like three comments. It'd be like, hey, this Thanksgiving, come get your apple pie. And one of the comments would be like, I guess Brad's wife won't be in to get the apple pie. She's probably not allowed back. So Dave, have you ever had the famous McRib sandwich from McDonald's? Uh, of course not. <laughs> I already knew the answer, I, I but actually, I just thought I'd give you the chance. I'm not even playing, man. I get a little nauseous thinking about it. <laughs> well, would like you I ever not, have I'm any not going to listen to this segment. I'm actually going to take off my <laughs> Would you ever have any level of interest in trying it? No, <laughs> definitely not. I'd actually rather watch you eat one than, uh, than me eat scared. one myself. For those in our audience who do not know the lore of the McRib sandwich, the McRib sandwich is a sandwich that's brought to McDonald's, but it's only brought to McDonald's every so often, and it's random. So every once in a while, you'll just wake up one day, and there'll be an ad on TV that says the McRib is back, and you'll be able to order this sandwich from McDonald's for like six weeks, and then it'll disappear off the menu again, and you have no idea when it's coming back. And although the sandwich is called a McRib, it's important to note just how loosely the term rib is applied here. The definition of barbecue, Dave, is any meat that is slow cooked over indirect heat, usually wood, and can take up to 18 hours or more to properly cook. And in addition to this, traditional barbecue is messy, it's hand butchered, and it's a pretty detailed process. So none of this really lends itself to a fast food chain, right? Not just that, but McDonald's itself serves one twenty-seventh of all restaurant food consumed in the world wow. annually and serves food to just about 1% of the entire world population every day. So what exactly is the McRib? How did it come to us? And most importantly, why does it only come around so seemingly sporadically? To find the answers, we have to go back in time to the beginning. 
While McDonald's began its steady growth in the 1950s and 60s, the restaurant faced an issue that needed corrected. Although the menu was designed to be simple, including just burgers, fries, and shakes, McDonald's found itself having to turn away a lot of customers who weren't interested in this very short list of foods. So to address the issue, McDonald's needed some more options. And the executive chef of McDonald's, which is a thing, it is a person at the time, was a guy named Rene Arend, who was just the man for the job. Arendt had been professionally trained as a chef in France and had cooked around the world in luxury hotels and had even cooked for Queen Elizabeth. It was Arendt who first introduced the McRib, as well as the Chicken McNugget, the McChicken Sandwich, salads, and breakfast biscuits to the menu. As mentioned before, though, ribs in a traditional sense require a great deal of time and training, so what actually is the McRib? Arendt himself was from Luxembourg, which is a cousin of Germany, and in Germany, sausages are a staple food and are made when you mix ground meats and spices with preservatives. The process of mass-producing a uniformly shaped stable meat product had actually already been developed at this point, though, Dave, but not for McDonald's yet, for the U.S. Army. Natick Army Lab in Massachusetts had created a mixture of pork shoulder and parts that would have originally been thrown away. Salt was added to extract proteins, and this meant that the meat could be shaped in any way needed. This process was adapted by Dr. Roger Medingo, a meat scientist working for the Army for McDonald's. This process took the multi-day steps of the traditional barbecue down to about a 45-minute process to turn fresh pork into a McRib sandwich, which, by the way, Dave, has 75 listed ingredients. So, Dave, now that we know what it is, why is it not always on the menu at McDonald's? Why does it come for a short time only to leave stores again? Because it would kill you. (laughs) (laughs) Well, one thing that has been true throughout the history of McDonald's is that the restaurant has always been ahead of the curve in terms of marketing. One of the McDonald's early marketing moves, for example, was to include a toy in their Meals for Kids. Today, this has evolved into McDonald's being the largest toy distributor in the entire world, distributing 1.5 billion toys every year. What is true about the McRib is that over the years, the sandwich's elusive nature has led to the development of a cult-like following among a certain population. Dave, there's even a website where you can track what restaurants have the McRib and when. But initially, when the McRib was rolled out for the first time, it was sort of a dud. In this case, however, executives at McDonald's smartly, instead of seeing the sandwich as a failure, saw the marketing as a failure. In 1985, the sandwich was removed from the menu and then reintroduced in 1989 with a new marketing campaign that included partnering with the release of the Flintstones movie. McDonald's restaurants across the nation were temporarily changed into Rock Donald's and served Flintstone-styled McRib sandwiches. Then in 2005, McDonald's announced that the McRib would be discontinued and held a farewell tour. The farewell tour was so successful, though, that McDonald's decided to cancel the sandwich again in 2006 and have another farewell tour. That success led to two more discontinuations and two more farewell tours, and the legend began. Since then, the McRib has continued to be reintroduced and pulled for just a handful of weeks until it disappears again. 
So why? Well, for one, McDonald's does tend to re-release the sandwich when pork prices are low, which makes sense. But in a bigger sense, McDonald's has realized how the hype and fanfare around a limited time release for an otherwise quirky and obscure menu item can drive more and more people to the doors. The temporary interest in the McRib, since it's temporary, tends to drive people to get it who otherwise wouldn't if it was available all the time. A McRib on the menu all the time, McDonald's knows that that already isn't successful. So by marketing it aggressively for just a short amount of time and not on a set schedule, McDonald's has created a fandom in a way. I'm probably not really allowed to talk about McDonald's at all since I, I don't know if you remember, but I did star in the 2004 documentary Super Size Me, which kind of attacked Star is a, uh, you know, you starred in that documentary uh, about the same level that the McRib is a rib. So how long have you been in a movie? Like, ru- like ru- runtime zero. Yeah, you haven't been in a movie at all. I was in that movie for three seconds. So I've been in a movie for three seconds longer than you. Well, I guess these are facts. Jealousy does not look good on you. Jealousy does not fit you well. So Jay, I went really deep on Cracker Barrel. You went really deep on the McRib. Blah. Uh, I make no apologies for mine, and you should apologize profusely for yours. But I thought that this week, this might be the perfect time to do a little short, is that really true segment that I've been wanting to do on on something that I think we've all heard at some point in our lives. Okay, so that question is, do you really need to wait 30 to 60 minutes after you eat to go swimming? Jay, did you hear that growing up, or or do you actually say that to your own kids now? (laughs) I don't. Well, so I do remember hearing it growing up. You know, I can vividly remember, like, taking my bologna sandwich and, like, putting some Doritos on top of it and, like, crushing all the Doritos down and then eating that by the pool and then being told I can't swim for 30 minutes. Now, I don't say it to my own kids, but I will admit that after I feed them and they're getting ready to get in the pool, like, part in the back of my brain, I hear a little voice going like, I don't think they're supposed to get into the pool for 30 minutes. It's like I can't shake it, and it won't go away. Well, you're not alone. You're not alone. Aside from maybe the don't fill up on bread or you will spoil your dinner thing that parents say, one of the most common parent rules that gets passed down through the ages is the wait 30 to 60 minutes after eating before you swim rule. While parents rarely can offer up the science behind this, I'd imagine we and now our children can conjure up horrific visions of a stomach cramp causing us to drown in the deep end of the local community pool, somehow surrounded by blood, all because we ate. We may even spontaneously combust because we ate and then got (laughs) in the pool. So, is this true? Well, according to our friends at Duke University Health via Mental Floss, it's a big fat no. While eating does divert blood to your intestinal tract, reports Duke Health, it's not nearly enough to disrupt the functions of your arms or your legs. Could you get a stomach cramp? Eh, Maybe, if you ate a lot, but nothing that would endanger you. In fact, like most urban legends or misguided pieces of advice, there has never even been a drowning death attributed to swimming after eating something, like a piece of pizza or a chili dog. Some high-endurance athletes even eat while swimming to help their performances. Now, one thing that can reportedly affect your safety while swimming, well, that's alcohol consumption. The CDC reports that alcohol plays a staggering role in up to 70% 
of water-related deaths. Now, Jay, this eating-swimming myth is actually kind of personal to you, whether you know it or not. It's thought that the scary eating-before-swimming myth originated with your people, the Boy Scouts. <laughs> like, where is he With some evidence this? pointing to a 1908 scouting handbook where the Boy Scouts completely fabricated and exaggerated the dangers of eating before taking a dip in the local pool. So, Jay, as an Eagle Scout yourself, aside from the shame I'm sure you now feel, this would be a great platform for you to apologize on behalf of Scouts. Well, I don't know if I quite have the authority to do that, Um, but, uh, you know, it's... It seems like this is uh, dwarfs uh, in comparison to the other bad things the Boy Scouts have done recently. So, uh, yeah, I guess uh, I will accept responsibility and apologize formally on behalf of the Boy Scouts of America. Apology accepted. I, I'm speaking for America. So, apology accepted. Now, for the rest of the stuff that y'all have done, no way. <laughs> you, you're not. No you apology can't walk accepted. Me into that, y'all. <laughs> y'all does include everyone. Right, if you say y'all to a group of people, that really groups them all in. And that's it. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to rate, subscribe, and review Commute on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or on your favorite podcast network. We're on social. Check us out. We're on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And you can always say what up at our website, commutethepodcast.com. Music for Commute is provided by my main man, Jason Sammons. For Jay Sisson, I'm Dave Trump. We'll see you next week. Uh, yeah, I guess uh, I will accept responsibility and apologize formally on behalf of the Boy Scouts of America.